Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson, and Nerdette is a show where we talk to your favorite or soon-to-be favorite people about how their passions drive what they do. And today we have a very exciting guest. We are talking to the first lady doctor. Elizabeth Blackwell died like more than 100 years ago, and we brought her back just for this conversation. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. This is a weird joke. We're talking to Jodie Whittaker, actually. You don't look like an alien. You should have seen me a few hours back. My whole body changed. Right now, I'm a stranger to myself. And I have to hold my nerve and trust all these new instincts. Shake myself towards them. I'll be fine. In the end. Hopefully. But I have to be, because you guys need help. And if there's one thing I'm certain of, when people need help, I never refuse. Right? This is going to be fun. This week, our guest is Jodie Whittaker, who is playing the 13th Doctor in the BBC series Doctor Who. Jodie, welcome. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Really good. I'm so excited to be talking to you. So just for people who aren't familiar with Doctor Who, I want to do like the quickest possible recap, which is essentially to say... (laughs) 55 years. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. This is like maybe the longest running probably, right? It's got to be the longest running sci-fi show, right? I think, I mean, it's, it's going to be up there, isn't it? It's, it's got a be. long, rich history. It started in 63. That's amazing. So I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, so I, do you want me to do the... No, uh, I can do the, it if the, you the, want. The, yeah, you, you could do, do it. You'll be better at it. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. So we have our main character, who is the Doctor. The Doctor is an alien who regenerates into different people, which is partly why the show has been able to last as long as it has, because essentially every four years or so, you can get a new character playing the Doctor. But... This is the first time a woman will play the role in the show's 50-plus year history, which makes this maybe the most exciting and significant role in TV at the moment. No big deal. Um, (laughs) No pressure. how, How does it feel? Yeah. How are you handling this pressure? Well, I mean, it's, you know, with any job as an actor, you throw your heart and soul into it and you work as hard as you can. And I think I approached it like I approached anything. But obviously, getting this job is a bit... Everything happens backwards in a way. You get announced and you are made famous for a role before you've even started filming, which that can be quite bizarre. But the wonderful thing is you completely embraced by the fans before they've seen anything and this very rich fan base that's all over the world has been built up without any effort from me (laughs) so hopefully you know they'll be with us during season 11 and and for anyone who hasn't seen it I think sometimes having a show that has this kind of history could be intimidating to think well I need this encyclopedic knowledge to have a starting off point but actually I think the thing 
we feel really passionate about because I'm a new Whovian. I'm new to this family. Right. You didn't grow the, up watching the series. Did I didn't you? grow up watching it. I mean, as a Brit, you know, you're very aware of it. It's, <laughs> it's osmosis. It, it, yeah. The, your vocabulary is peppered with Doctor Whoisms anyway, <laughs> without ever knowing why. Um, but. It, it was, you know, obviously becoming an actor and having friends that were in it and being friends with a few of the doctors. It, it was, I'd I'd seen it, but I hadn't seen it from start to finish as a as a diehard fan. But as someone who's come at it new, I, it's incredibly accessible, and I don't know how. I feel like I, I can't believe I've missed so much of it. And now I can't wait. When I hand on these very wonderful shoes to the next Doctor, I, uh, I'm going to start from episode one and work my entire way through. <laughs> wow, so you're going to wait until you're done with the role. Yes. I just oh. think for me, what has been an exciting journey for me has been this um, wandering through this very wonderful worlds and particularly in our season all the the monsters and all the worlds are are new and we've got 10 standalone episodes that obviously have the character art throughout and we've got new friends in it and all of the characters are new and so the wonderful thing about this job is it's all written down so all the things you know the kind of the mythology and the rules they're all there to learn I just didn't feel that watching would be the best way in for me I just think if I was you know about to play Juliet I'm probably a bit old for Juliet now (laughs) (laughs) if I was about to play Juliet I don't think I'd go to see the most recent production that was on at the moment of Juliet but but I you know there's enough out there to know that you can you can immerse yourself in the world without without it and and obviously most jobs I've ever done there hasn't been there hasn't been a way of of watching it and I've I've relied on my instinct and Mm -hmm. the wonderful writing and directors and I felt like this was like any other job I kind of love that open-hearted approach. I think that's something we talk about a lot on Nerdette, just because often, you know, the the idea of proving how you're a nerd involves <laughs> knowing all the things, right? And I really love the idea, though, of just being enthusiastic and actually sharing your excitement with other people as opposed to asking them to prove whether or not they have seen all the episodes of Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, you know, and I, Chris Chibnall's got an encyclopedic knowledge. Our showrunner is has been a Whovian since he was born. And and I think, you know, it's my job to know the answers to questions, particularly when they arise within our world. And and also, like you say, there's there's so much to know on this show. I, I you know, I will try my hardest to be up there with the the biggest Doctor Who fan. But the the thing that has been so exciting for me is to just see this with fresh eyes, which is potentially some of our audience. This is going to be brand new for some people, but I love the Doctor's enthusiasm and pure enjoyment of learning and continually growing. I need to take a look at CCTV footage. And why do you need to check CCTV when we all saw it with our own eyes? Was it an alien? Because it looked like an alien to me. Come on. What, you think he's wrong? No. I don't know, but... But you're worried about how you will explain all this to a superior officer who won't believe you. I can't not report it. You could hold off until we get the answers to the bigger questions. Which are? What was it? Why is it here? Where is it going next? And most importantly, how do we stop it? Because whatever it is, I don't think it's done. Come on, Ryan. Come on, Yaz. I'm calling you Yaz, because we're friends now. That I could be quite method with, (laughs) because I was (laughs) learning something new every second of this entire process. 
You mentioned Chris Chibnall. He also created Broadchurch, which you were in as well. Do you think your relationship with him during Broadchurch, which David Tennant, another doctor, was also in, kind of helped create the pathway for you in this com- in this upcoming role now? Absolutely. I mean, I, I very much had to audition for this and it was quite a, you know, it was a tough audition process, as it should be. But my, certainly my relationship with Chris helped that because had Chris not written Broadchurch and he'd just seen it, there is no way I think he would have thought of me as the right person for, for this role. Um, because, you know, obviously Beth Latimer, the, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it it's a, the, the story is set in a town where this horrific child murder takes place and I played the mother of the murdered child. And so, you know, and, and a lot of my roles today have been emotionally traumatised or people going through quite harrowing events in their life. And so that that side of my... I suppose um, performance isn't necessarily the one that, that links you automatically to the doctor. <laughs> and But the person I am probably outside of working in between scenes and with him for the last five or six years of our friendship, I think of the, he, he very much said, I want you to come to the audition with your energy and your inability to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> and is, and it, is it true that you thought you were auditioning for a spin-off? No, 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 oh, no. Okay, that's, okay. No, I absolutely knew okay. what I was going in for. <laughs> I just when I met him for a, when I met him as a fr- you know a friend, we were meeting up for a chat. It was all around the time the Broadchurch was being released, the final season. So we were very much our paths were crossing continually, and as friends, you know, we were just meeting up. And I said, "Oh, by the way, when you start doing." Doctor Who, please, can I be a baddie with a lot of prosthetics? Just come on, write, write me a really good part. And he was like, oh, it's interesting you brought it up. One of the main reasons m- me and you were having this coffee today was because I wondered if you wanted to throw your hat in the ring for the audition process. And obviously that in itself was, don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay, right, right. But I want to tell everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he, he said... The doctor was going to be a woman and it would be an audition process. But for for, for them, but also for me, this is, you know, I, I, I've been friends with a, a few people that have been involved in the show, but, you know, I've, I'm a, a good friend of David's. And mm-hmm. the episodes I've seen, I've always been completely bowled over by how much dialogue there is and how much dialogue. <laughs> I'm like, how do you understand everything you're saying? <laughs> like, you know, when if anyone, as actors, we get asked all the time, how do you learn your lines? And I found myself doing that with anyone who's been in the show going, how did you learn all that? Like a really naive person who's never set foot on set. And so it's an intimidating role. It's an intimidating prospect on the outside of it. But once I've was in it and once I was learning the uh, the scenes for the audition and, and once I was in that room and able to play and it, there's, a, there's a thing with Doctor Who that's so amazing as a show but particularly with the Doctor is there's no rules in so many ways because obviously the character's there by these extraordinary writers that have given you this character before and now but there's no etiquette of time constraint that you need to adhere to. There's no mm. restriction of social I suppose a social etiquette of the time you're in because the doctor is a traveler and and any reaction in this mercurial role you know any reaction is is within this epic layered 
character. And so that you can do anything and everything all at once and very little in certain moments. And it's it's extraordinary to have that opportunity to to audition for. And then obviously then when I got it, I was like, oh, OK, all right. So, so the hard work really begins now when I've got <laughs> 17 pages of dialogue a night <laughs> to panic, <laughs> panic learn. So when you first found out that you were going to be auditioning for this role and you were told you couldn't tell anyone, did you tell anybody? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I've got, I think I think my husband deserved to have that phone call. Yeah, that's um, fair. But I, but at that point as well, it was calling my agent, but not able to tell my agent. In that kind of, I was like, I need to call you on your mobile, <laughs> and I need you to not be in the office, because also at that point, you know, Peter had said he'd wanted to, you know. Uh, move on, but that wasn't public information either. Peter, the previous doctor. Yeah, Peter Capaldi, the the twelfth, uh, debatably the twelfth. All these numbers are very debatable. In, in, you know, <laughs> it's timey wimey. Doctor Law, because <laughs> John Hurt's in there, and you know David Bradley. So, um, but as I'm claiming the thirteenth, mm-hmm. so as the twelfth, Peter Capaldi. You know, all that. It, it was a very. You, you had to be incredibly respectful that this was the start of my journey, but certainly I didn't want it intruding on his. When we get back from the break, Jody explains why, for this character, gender is actually irrelevant. It's irrelevant for the character, but it can often, and in an interesting storytelling way, be relevant sometimes to the maybe the time period or the world you enter into because of maybe the perception of women. Right. But it's always from the outside. It's never from the inside. You're listening to Nerdette. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. There was a lot of reaction when it was announced that you would be the next doctor, right? And a lot of it was, I mean, there's this super charming YouTube video of this little girl seeing it for the first time and her face just lights up. She says, the girl's a doctor who? Yeah. There's a girl who is a doctor who? The doctor who is a girl. But, you know, we also had... Peter Davison, who played the doctor in the early 80s, he said at a Comic-Con in 2017 that he was sad about the loss of a role model for boys. How are you, like, navigating those different reactions? I think I don't particularly want to comment on that That's because fair. I feel for him he was I, – I don't think that was the full context of that. And I think I have only felt from the previous doctors 100% support. I – in the response, I think, you know, uh, there's the maybe the hashtag not my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. you have ruined Doctor Who with your your femaleness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Things like that. You're just like, well, 
you know, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, you know that the show is celebrates change and inclusivity and regeneration. And and being a woman is not the thing that makes me unqualified. It's being human because <laughs> I'm playing an alien with two hearts from Gallifrey. I, I, I'm pretty unqualified. So, you know, in that sense, it's kind of for me, it, I appreciate the moment as it stands as this extraordinary thing for me personally as mm-hmm. an actor of breaking this this mould. I didn't give myself the job though, so I do need to give Chris Chibnall and, and all the grown-ups the, that, that credit. But for myself, it's... It's 2018. It's it's it, it, this this should be and will be the norm that the other half of the population <laughs> play yep. heroic roles. But the negativity sometimes it's just it's like it's kind of there's no argument for it with me because it's like well I'm playing it so <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? So that, so, yeah. So so watch watch it. I don't watch it, but I think if you do watch it, you'll realise gender more so than probably any other role I've ever played is irrelevant mm. because because of of this outsider. But the brilliant thing about it is that it, it's irrelevant for the character, but it can often and in an interesting storytelling way be relevant sometimes to the maybe the time period or the world you enter into because of maybe the perception of women but it's always from the outside it's never from the inside the doctor is the doctor no Uh matter what body they inhabit oh i love that (laughs) it also seems to me like you just have really good boundaries when it comes to what other people are saying about you like you're not on social media exhausting though is it it? would be exhausting wouldn't it wouldn't well i just mean if if i you know if i sat and went three likes seven dislikes and then like went through everything i just think wow you're better off with life's a bit life's a bit short It's not enough time to have a cup of tea and your and your meals if you start kind of trawling through everything. And I also think, you know, often the angry voices are the loudest, but they're not necessarily the, the they don't necessarily represent the biggest voice. Mm-hmm. They just often can be the loudest. But it's don't believe the hype equally, you know, just be a good person, turn up at work, respect the honour that you've been given and make sure your the work environment that you are in is a safe and a happy place for everyone to work in, regardless of who they are or where they're from. And I think I think the power of social media is there and it's extraordinary and has done wonderful things. For me as an individual, I don't think my mental health would would benefit from it. But I appreciate it as a tool. I appreciate that I get to see someone like that little girl Wednesday have that moment because without social media, we wouldn't know about those moments of, you know, joy. Mm-hmm. But it, it for me to sit and go, you know, seven million people hate me. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I, think, I think I've just got better things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I super respect that. Jody. I think you will be a very wise doctor. <laughs> oh, incredibly naive, bounding through life thinking everybody likes me. I mean, I think that's the beautiful combination of the doctor, right? It's both yeah, of those things at once. Yeah, and I think the the journey that I'm on now has been, well, you know, we've been on this bubble, I got revealed, and then we shot for nine months in uh, in and around Wales, and mm-hmm. we were lucky enough to shoot in South Africa, and with this family of crew that have worked on it for years, but then also quite a few new HODs and also the new cast. And for us, it's just been this extraordinary journey that now I'm just so ready to share it. You know, all this hard work that everyone's put in, you just want it to be seen. And now we're on the final countdown of it airing, which is so exciting. I am equally excited. Have you had any experiences yet, like actually meeting very excited little girls in real life? 
Yeah, it's, I have to say the we were filming like before it and after it, but we were flown very quickly into San Diego to do the Comic Con this oh, July yeah. and do the the Hall H panel. And for you know, for anyone who hasn't been to Comic Con, I hadn't been. Hall H is this huge room with about six and a half thousand people who've waited very patiently for us guys to come out on stage and basically not tell you anything about the series, <laughs> but at least say it to your face. And but. That seeing, once they opened the questions out to the audience and seeing all these people of all different ages and from all over the world and every every person wearing a version of something to do, you know, with Doctor Who or with your doctor, it was incredible. And, you know, like just little kids embracing you and, you know, some of them maybe don't even know it, but their parents are diehard fans and you will wear this costume. <laughs> but everyone looked great and everyone, I loved the celebration of the fan. I'm a fan. I grew up watching television and film and being, you know, an unashamed diehard fan of things. And so that environment, like Comic-Con is and Comic-Con in New York and wherever it goes mm-hmm. on in the world, but to, to celebrate the fans equally to the th- shows and the films is is so important and and such a wonderful thing as a as an actor to go into that environment yeah i think that is definitely the bright side of the nerd world right it, and to yeah. me i think that absolutely outshines the hashtag not my doctor nonsense <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully i won't find you trolling me <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> no <laughs> Jody, thank you so much for talking with me. This really was a pleasure. No worries. Thank you very much. That was the delightful Jodie Whittaker. She is playing the 13th Doctor in the BBC series Doctor Who. We talked to her earlier this month just before the premiere aired. I just watched the premiere yesterday, and I have to say it is so full of whimsy and delight and misplaced pockets, and it's just really good, and you should watch it because we could all use more of it in this day and age. The show is produced by myself, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our co-creator is Trisha Bobita, and our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. Our intern is Sophie Lalonde. It is also super extra helpful when you leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Many thanks to Renee Liberté for the review. Renee wrote that she's 60 years old, she's done letting men take credit for her work, and she listens to Nerdette like a thirsty woman drinks water. Renee, bless you. You are my new favorite. Let me know when you're in Chicago. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are at Nerdat Podcast. We have a newsletter. You'll probably like it. You can subscribe to it at wbez.org slash nerdsletter. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Do your homework. You're listening to Nerdat. Exterminate. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.